0: Hey, this expired pop's not bad. Well, that's good. It's just a little flat.
1: It's not like you're not used to drinking expired
0: pop. Woo! Uh, Yeah, although this is actually a Diet Mountain Dew that someone gave me.
2: Somebody gave you an expired Diet Mountain Dew?
0: Yeah. It's not <laughs> at the top like, of my list this.
2: of
3: things they, they to drink. They must not really like you very much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they were like, here, take this. And I was like, okay. And then I looked and I was like, oh, this is two months expired. <laughs> what is the <laughs> expiration date on
2: soda? Like five months out? A year, two years? Uh, It's got to be a good
1: six months, I think.
2: Probably. I think it's six to eight months. No. Well, that's not too bad then.
1: Is it unnerving that that technically came from my father? Maybe he's trying to kill him
3: off. I know, right? (laughs) Did you recently take out a large life insurance policy?
0: (laughs) Funny enough, no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You have to ask yourselves these things.
2: Are you ready to go, Brienne? I know you just got back. I don't know if there's anything you need to do or. Okay.
1: Nope, I've changed. She did it. I am ready to run out to my yoga class after we're done. So,
0: it's oh, uh, not in like an hour and a half.
1: Yes, but I have to print off the waiver and sign it and. Wait, there's a, a waiver? What kind of yoga class is this?
0: <laughs> an awesome yoga
2: class. <laughs> Speaking of life insurance, policy. Is
3: it in a hot air balloon or something?
0: <laughs> Part of the Ostrich Festival.
1: That's true. That is what's going on down here.
0: The Ostrich Festival?
1: Yes, the annual Ostrich Festival. It's been going around downtown Chandler since I was a little kid.
2: Which are not native. Ostriches?
0: Ostriches. Ostriches?
2: Yes, those. Well, I want to know the history.
0: What's the history of the Ostrich Festival?
1: I don't actually know. I just, oh, Adam's going to find out.
0: I knew I could count it. What is the history of the Ostrich Festival?
1: People need more to do. <laughs> Currently here's a
0: summary from City of Chandler. The festival
1: is produced by the Chandler Chamber of Commerce and takes place at Tumbleweed Park on the southwest corner of McQueen and Gurman Roads. Celebrate this rich history as well as provide a first class community event. The Chandler Ostrich Festival began in nineteen eighty
0: nine. Uh I don't think that sentence ends in the right way. <laughs> <laughs> This to celebrate history. this rich history, the Chandler Ostrich Festival began in 1989. Yeah, no, that doesn't make any
2: sense. <laughs> well, it's not many years, but they were rich years. Very dense it's like years. One,
0: it's like one of these Russian sentences. It's like a term. It's uh, sentences that sound good, like I syntactically fine, but semantically confusing. So the classic sentence is uh, more people visited Russia than I did. That's why they're called Russian sentences.
2: Oh, I see. So it's not something specifically to do with the Russian language. It's just oh. that specific instance of it, huh?
0: Yeah, where you're like, wait a minute, what just happened?
2: So I guess that will have to do for an answer about the Ostrich Fest. Yep.
0: 1989. <laughs> but can involves you get yoga. a t-shirt? <laughs>
1: yes, you can, because I own one. Fantastic. I got one Well, I kid. All
0: right.
3: Outstanding.
1: Uh, I'd have to find it. I did a research project on the ostrich. So the Ostrich Festival was the place to be. And they ride ostriches like they do horses in races.
0: Yeah, I awesome. don't like that, I bet.
1: Yeah, and you can pet the ostriches.
3: Yeah, like in Prince of them. Persia. Yep. Yeah. Do they have saddles? I don't actually know. Or is this bareback ostrich riding?
1: <laughs> I think it might be bareback ostrich riding. <laughs> Hold on for real life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Those birds are crazy fast, too.
0: so. Can't tell based on the photo. Might be bareback. Ah, oh, what? We should have gone to the ostrich festival. Why? Gin Blossoms and the Spin Doctors were there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So that makes sense for about when it started, you know. Five or six years in, that would have been
3: the peak act. It would have been. I also just want to point out that what's going on in their lives that they're playing the Ostrich Fest.
0: Well, technically the gym blossoms are from Arizona that oh. area. So yeah. it okay. could just be a local thing.
1: That could make sense,
0: yeah. Uh Spin Doctors, no excuse, but <laughs> <laughs> never an excuse. <laughs> I also always had this slight moment where I have to remember which band is Spin Doctors and which band is Soul Asylum.
2: Yeah, Soul Asylum I just do not remember. I what's their
0: hit? I was like, uh oh, which song which band is Runaway Train? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that
3: Soul Asylum?
0: I think so. Like Soul yeah. Asylum.
3: Interesting. I remember that.
0: I have another song that I can't. Super it's not deep. The offhand. But they have two hits. They're on separate albums. So it's not like you can just buy one CD and have the best of the spin doctors. <laughs>
2: Soul Asylum. You could buy two individual copies of the songs
0: digitally. Misery. That's the that's the other. Uh, ah. Soul Asylum, Song Misery.
3: You know, you'd think I'd know more being from Minneapolis, but no.
0: Is Soul Asylum from Minneapolis? Yes. I don't think I actually knew where autumn was from. So. The more you know. Anyway, welcome <laughs> to another edition of the GoBesky Uh Hopefully it will be exciting, even though I didn't say exciting, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. And, uh, Way
2: to set up expectations, Adam. Jeez. <laughs> may or may you not be start. exciting. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Another... Nev- <laughs> we never get to restart.
0: <laughs> welcome just go to another it. quantumly exciting edition of the GoBesky <laughs> walls Yeah. <laughs> Where the excitement is in superposition. I'm your host, Adam Gobeski, And I'm Charlie Wallace. And uh,
2: today we have uh, two guests with us. I'll introduce the guest on my end. Uh, Jessica
0: Clares. Welcome. Hello. And uh, Brianne Gobeski, Hi. Who, uh, long time contributor. That's true.
1: First time caller? What? Oh. Um, no, I don't think so. No, that wouldn't make <laughs> it Important, important
0: enough point. to have a bio. I do have a bio. Yeah.
2: Did you click the call button? I think you're not the caller. I think it's Adam. Oh. Uh, it's yeah. almost me. You're the call jumper.
1: Okay, so I'm long-time guest for no-time caller. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Let's just say that.
0: I'm a no-time caller, first long-time listener. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it only took you 64 episodes, Charlie, but you finally brought another guest on.
2: Yay! I brought Adam Uselman one time. On episode 19,
0: 64 episodes ago. (laughs)
2: Oh, no, you're right. You're counting. Um, I brought Doug. Does that count? No, <laughs> <laughs> but he was he was with me. He wasn't with you. And I invited him into my home. I just want to point out
3: that I don't know that he would still have a, de- a guest, except that I have to be here anyway. <laughs> he has
0: to be here. anyway. So
3: you're welcome.
2: Um,
0: that counts. It counts. <laughs> as far as I can tell, Charlie is just too embarrassed by our podcast to ever want to invite any of his friends to be. Well, on. That's exactly no
3: what he said to me about it. <laughs>
2: Would you do me this favor, please? No, actually, to her credit, I asked, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? She's like, sure. There wasn't any argument about it. She's like, do I have So you could
0: have asked her like 50 episodes. Uh,
2: Absolutely, I could have. She said, do I need to prepare anything? I said, no. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Ta-da! Come up with topics. Well, speaking of, (laughs) sorry, my uh, basic transition was always speaking of whatever we were speaking of. (laughs)
0: <laughs> hey, everybody. Speaking of
2: <laughs> speaking of topics, I have a topic to talk about. <laughs> well, you'd mentioned, I think, at the end of the last episode, probably not within the contents of the episode, that somehow we've gotten through 81 episodes without talking about board games at all. Or if we have, it's just in an, an ancillary sort of way.
0: 82 episodes.
2: 82, you're right. This would be episode 83.
0: This is 83, recorded on March 12th, 2017.
2: Ah, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter to me anymore. See, it I always used to bother to me that he this. would timestamp it by saying the actual date because it would take me forever to edit it. But I'm kind of catching up now.
0: Right. But now it's just uh, it's a time capsule for any future listeners. So now <laughs> oh. this is what life was like in March of 2017.
2: Right. That's true. In case they can, um, you know, play the MP3s but not check any of the metadata of it. There's a right. right. possibility. possibility. Like
0: they, yeah. they just found a, an iPod with all our podcasts loaded on it. Whose iPod like is that? that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and still with the charge enough to listen to it.
2: It's been hooked up to power a generator for the last 200 years. Maybe we ought to build that.
3: Oh my gosh.
2: Just like a time capsule. With I like maybe a-
3: take it back. I'm not going to be on the podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, yeah, we just built a generator hooked up to an iPod that contains only our podcast. And then eventually someone will find it and think that this is... And it was super
3: popular (laughs) somebody went out of their way.
0: (laughs) Put it in a time capsule.
2: I'll I'll put a post-it on it that says, check this out, future people. This is really cool. post-it
1: note? Yeah. Which will probably fall off and stick on something else. And so the future people will end up looking at some random rock. (laughs) I don't get it. It's
2: in a time capsule. So I guess it fell off and fell on the opposite side of the time capsule. They can't be bothered to turn over the post-it note.
0: Well, I wasn't going to check this random thing out. You know, I found it in a time capsule, but now I'm going <laughs> to. I was just going to throw it away.
2: <laughs> oh, well, so my topic, speaking of speaking topics. Speaking of topics. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're all big fans of board games. Um, I think we were just talking ahead of time about Catan and where that's almost like not advanced enough for us to talk about. It's almost too, too popular.
0: So, let me... Uh, <laughs> Let me cut you off because you're boring okay. <laughs> and, and ask you a question, which is what was your gateway board game into the wider world of board games? Because I assume it wasn't Candyland.
2: Oh, no, I hated Candyland even when people used to play Candyland. Just if there was no. Let's
0: play Candyland, Charlie. Let's play Candyland, Charlie. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> That's what I sounded like as a child.
1: Charlie's voice dropped very early.
3: I'm
2: six years old. No.
3: Sven has had a full beard since five.
2: <laughs> well, we know that's not true, actually.
0: <laughs> sounds like a David Fry Nixon sketch. <laughs> Going for the deep cuts.
2: Uh, let's see. Um, Cards Against Humanity yeah. was a big one, I think. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the first game that I was really able to sit down and. Play with a lot of smart people that actually improved with the different people that you were playing with and
3: hey i was there
2: yeah no you were yeah <laughs> and still has a reasonable
0: amount of replay value
3: huge so. replay value and if it's replay value starts to slip you just drink
2: more
0: <laughs> and that is not true out here you just you just learn about the worst of people playing cards against humanity out here oh really just like oh
1: Although our problem is we had such an epic game of cards against humanity when you visited us, Charlie, that I don't think we can ever top it.
0: Oh yeah. That's also true, yeah. Oh, that's nice I, to hear. Building a giant statue of a tiny horse. I was done. <laughs> Particularly at 4 a.m. at that point.
2: There is some combination of cards that cannot be beaten. It's true. My that personal was probably the top 5%. I have a favorite.
3: I have a favorite. Yeah. Yeah. It's so a pick two in exchange For my soul, the devil promised me blank, but all I got was blank. And the most incredible combination of, In exchange for my soul, the devil promised me a shark with legs. But all I got was a horse with no legs. <laughs> <laughs> and for whatever reason, like, it just hit me right and I lost it. Like, I could not come back around into that game for like a good 10 minutes. I was laughing so hard. And just when I finally started to get it back together, one of my friends is like, you could call the horse Lieutenant Dan because he ain't got no legs. And then it was, yeah, I was, I was worthless again <laughs> no, for like it. another five minutes.
0: <laughs> oh, man. One of those land sharks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's like Carcassonne was another big one, too. Oh, yeah. I think I I got to that one pretty early. And that's a fun one where you don't necessarily have to pay tons of attention to it as you're playing. You can have conversations and not feel horrible if you end up losing
0: it. It's not my memory of you teaching me that game, but okay.
2: (laughs) Which is that I didn't explain to you how to win, I bet, until the end. You didn't
0: explain to me how the scoring worked at all. You were just (laughs) like, oh, you put these tiles and they match, and sometimes you claim stuff. And at the end, I was like... Seventy-five points back because I had no idea what was
2: happening. (laughs) (laughs) No, Adam, you need to claim the castle. Why? (laughs) I don't know why I'm doing any of this. Oh, I put this guy in a field here. (laughs) Why would you want to put a guy in a field? You lose it for the entire game. Yeah, I remember remember putting
3: a pig in a field. Like, (laughs) put the pig in the field, and then it's yours. Okay.
2: (laughs) How about you, Adam? What was your
3: What was your gateway uh, game that got
0: you into it? It was probably you. And uh, Forbidden Island actually comes to mind. Oh, really? Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. You, got it. you got me Forbidden Island. And then uh, and then for when Brian and I got married, uh, spoiler alert, we're married. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: why we're not brother, sister. We are married with the same last name.
0: <laughs> Could be two things. I was worried. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got Catan and Ticket to Ride for our wedding. And then whatever things Charlie sent, which were... Carcassonne and Zombie Flux and the Resistance.
1: Yes, and I have to say, my gateway game was actually Lost Cities. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, Charlie got me that me one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we played that one a lot on our honeymoon. <laughs> um, because that was really was after our wedding that I kind of got to,
0: to the point where you stormed out of the Rome hotel.
1: Yes, I did. I got so angry at Adam for beating me way too many times in Lost Cities that I turned around, walked out of the hotel in Rome down to the Storner Core store, <laughs> bought some, I don't remember what I bought. You bought turned, me a Coke. Oh, I did. Turned around and walked right back into the hotel, sat back down and said, let's do this thing again.
2: <laughs> I'm so angry. at him. I going to buy him a Coke? See how he likes <laughs> it's it. It's a really
3: strange vengeance plan you have there. <laughs> <laughs> Was it expired? So once, Was yeah. the Coke expired? <laughs> Bottom
2: <it> of Diet <laughs> Mountain Dew. That's a different story.
0: <laughs> no, but uh, it did have real sugar in it. Mm. It did.
1: I think my big thing was that I was didn't know where I was going. I was in Rome, and I'm in the store, and I'm like, oh, well, shoot. Now I am just look like this really weird person that just walked into the store and is going to turn around and walk right back out again. So I felt like I had to buy something.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, Ticket to Ride was a big one, too, because I don't remember, was it a year place where Carl had brought over like a lot of board games because he was always really big into board games, right? Yeah. And I remember playing, there was the one where you have the gun and you're shooting Everybody like having to yeah. decide who it is you're going to shoot. I remember also playing... Cash, T- and, get- Cash and Guns. Cash and yeah. Guns, yes. But With, like, I like also... the
3: Nerf-style yeah. orange guns. It's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah.
2: But I also remember playing Ticket to Ride mm-hmm. and winning that the first time I played it. I was like, was yes, I fun. love board games.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I grew up playing a lot of games. Like My family plays a lot of games, but not necessarily like... The higher level strategy type games, we like the more traditional. We played Monopoly and Yahtzee and right. like whatever. That was always part of like any family family gathering. But yeah, so then once in grad school, we kind of started really playing playing some board games. Obviously, Cards Against Humanity, like you said, mm-hmm. was a really big a big part of that. But I don't know, Risk Legacy and Pandemic and ooh
2: yeah, Risk Legacy was a lot of fun.
3: It is a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, that's it's true awesome.
2: <laughs> We still got a ways to go in that. I yes, think, we but. do. Um, I've got my one win. That's what I wanted. Now that my name is on the board, yeah, I, I don't need to win again. We're all snobs
3: too because we sign it with all our credentials.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Master of science.
1: Speaking of risk, I do remember the one risk game that took us what three days to play, well, three weeks. I can't remember. Three months. Three three, three days, three, three weeks, or three months. This is very different, guys.
0: <laughs> well, it's because you guys wouldn't let me finish. So what? Oh yeah, so because you walked away.
1: Cause Jason and I formed an alliance against you. Yeah, and then we wouldn't let you just beat the crud out of us, so we just turned around and walked. And that game sat out on that board on that table for it got dusty. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't decide to just like clean it up and then reset it up. No, it literally stayed out on their dining room table. i using for the dining weeks. room table.
2: <laughs> uh, was he being a jerk or something? Why did you deny him the win?
1: I think he well, it's
0: Adam. Of course be, he's me. Because they had beaten me twice in a row earlier that night. <laughs> and so I insisted on game three where I was oh. ready but they didn't want to finish
2: it. <laughs> I'll show them. I won't clear off the table. It's gonna be sitting here taunting us. Oh,
1: yeah. And it did.
2: Yeah, I remember playing games of risk like that with my cousins in North Carolina. Just take, you know, two or three days to actually get through it and you already know who was gonna win. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I wasn't into board games for a long time is I think, at least in the last couple of decades, they've come out with a lot more games that, you know, you feel like you have a little bit more agency over what happens or at least you have a chance to win as you continue to play instead of having it be a foregone conclusion about halfway through.
3: Yeah, that's not funny. Yeah, the
0: the term for that is like a European-style game, I think, versus an American-style game.
2: Really? Mm -hmm.
0: Something like that. Like European-style board games are the ones where anyone could win or you don't it's not obvious who's going to win until the end right like Catan for instance you can hide the victory points and you can shift the longest roads and armies right so it's not a foregone conclusion
1: unlike Monopoly where three turns in you already know the guy that's going to be sweeping the board and,
2: right <laughs>
1: yeah like I might as well just for- foreclose everything now because it's just hopeless so so we're in America we're breeding cocky assholes <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's built this into this our of a culture. surprise to you
0: no not <laughs> at <laughs> all I
3: was just I was just summarizing <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> my parents have this ridiculously fancy uh, monopoly board that like from like the Franklin Mint like Ooh. when that was a thing. Yeah, so the board itself is is actually like, I don't know, 3-4 inches tall and it's made out of like mahogany Lion. or mahogany-esque wood. And uh all the hotels are actually gold plated and the houses are silver plated and all the game pieces are silver plated and it's nice. all the properties come in like a book, like this like portfolio and they are the little oh. sleeves. It's <laughs> ridiculous, but it's really fun.
2: Let me produce I mean, if you're my. you going to play Monopoly
3: exactly yeah
2: i guess so yeah i'd gotten some sort of in-between version it wasn't like the basic version but it was some special edition i got like
3: 50 different special editions now
2: i'd gotten it for christmas and was really excited about it this was probably you know two decades ago and then i think i played it once once or twice and then I realized I don't really like this game. It's
3: not really, yeah. <laughs> I like I like it just because of like nostalgia of like playing it with my family. Yeah. And the fact that my dad like with my nieces and nephews I um at when they we were all kids or whatever that he is ruthless. He's like no no, no this is how you learn. <laughs> like I mean you'll just crush you.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're have- like
3: crying as they're handing over all their money.
2: <laughs> so I have a, a- great aunt who we used to play cribbage with she taught us mm-hmm. how to play cribbage and she was the same way with that game where a lot of people or most people i played with won't be cutthroat about it because i guess traditionally there's a rule or at least the way my aunt played there's a rule where if you don't catch something then the other person can point it out and take the points from you yes and she would constantly be doing this like if you even took a slight pause like you were done she would call you on it and take all your points from you and she's like yep you know 60 years older than I am. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. She's, like, teaching us a lesson. She's teaching all the kids a lesson how to play.
3: (laughs) How to play cribbage.
2: Or usually with kids, like, uh So my nephew, Logan, likes to play Trouble. Like, pretty soon he's going to grow out of it.
3: Come on, it has a little poppable bubble. It's so great. He does,
2: but he cheats. He he he? cheats really bad. And, like, it's hard to call him on it sometimes. Like...
0: (coughs) Come on, Tristan, you don't want to win by cheating, do you? I want to win by cheating!
1: <laughs> that was a legit conversation that happened with our uh, our friend's kids.
0: Playing checkers. Yeah, <laughs> That's awesome.
1: <laughs> I would say every time Adam would play with him, it was entertaining to watch because Tristan would get pissed off because Adam would play by the
0: rules. Well, because he kept trying to move checkers backwards before they were kinged. Oh, wow. I see. Yeah.
1: So we're trying to teach him how to play properly so, you know, he can learn sportsmanship and all that stuff i don't think we've quite gotten there with him yet i think we stopped buying him competitive games and bought him cooperative games just to try and hopefully
0: i mean he's six right now so curb that this happened when he was like four (laughs) so
2: logan did the same thing when i was playing checkers against him is that he would start to make up rules about things you couldn't could or couldn't do like oh he can move backwards in this particular situation or you can only have so many kings or whatever And so what I would do is then I would just make a note of that rule. And the next time it would come up, I would do the same thing back to him. And then he would just look (laughs) at me quizzically and be like, okay, (laughs) sure.
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness. That is awesome. You need to play that trick with Tristan.
2: uh, He ended up winning anyway, because I mean, he can make the rules faster (laughs) than I can adjust to them. (laughs) But it's still fun. Like it's a fun way to play. Keeps me on my toes.
1: I've really liked board games all my life. My family never wanted to play with me. I kind of had a very interesting childhood where I liked playing the board games and the computer games and I'd sneak into my brother's room and play with the PlayStation and Resident Evil, all those types of things. And my family really didn't think that's what girls should do. No. So I had to do it all in secret. Interesting. So when I... It's a secret. Thank you. (laughs) Uh... Which is really annoying because he actually does do that every single time the word secret comes up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so it wasn't until I really hit college where I started meeting girls that were really big into board games and video games and all that kind of stuff. And then when I hit grad school and I met Adam and I realized, oh, wait, all of this stuff can actually be a lot of fun. You can play it with people and groups of people. I started getting really interested yeah. in.
0: You can play Harry Potter scene.
1: Oh, no, we're not going down the Harry Potter scene. Yeah. <laughs> <it route.
0: laughs>
1: And I was, I I played games like <laughs> Seen It or those types of things, which were okay. But then when we got stuff for the wedding, when we started playing Ticket to Ride and Catan and Lost Cities, that's when it all started to click. I think Catan was also a gateway game for me. That's and, when your
0: sickness revealed itself.
1: Yeah, and now it's literally, how many games do we have now?
0: A lot. Over a hundred. Over a hundred. Yeah. Now?
1: And it's become a thing that we do together. We have everything from two-player games to competitive games to games you can play with people who don't like board games or are too drunk to play a board game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I <laughs> know those people. You know, <laughs> right? Or the games that are going to take three to four hours, and you have those friends that are like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to play this long yeah, we're journey. In
0: <laughs> Today is going to be suburbia day. We're doing it.
3: Charlie, what was the game we played the last time you were over at my house? That was you'd never played it before either.
2: Oh, castles of Burgundy.
3: Yeah, that was really fun. Of course, Which it's said. only fun because I totally won.
2: But it kind of sounds cones of Dunshire ish, right? Yes. But it was a game that the uh, Parks, <laughs> Parks and Rec Do you ever watch Parks <laughs> and Recreation? Where uh, one of the characters makes like, up a board like game. Go out to the park and look mm, at. No,
3: people? You, your lives are lacking. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: One of the characters makes up a game in the TV show, and it's called Cones of Dunshire and, and it's it sounds just, very it's much incredibly like incredibly elaborate. Any board game that we would probably play, yeah. <laughs> but people mercilessly make fun of him for having created it. But still, as I'm watching, I'm like, I don't know, that could be fun. And I kind
3: of right? want to play that.
2: <laughs> but uh, yeah, Castles of Burgundy. Adam Muselman had bought uh car and i that for our wedding and we hadn't had a chance to play with anyone so yeah the same sort of situation where it's like finally i have some people who are going to sit down and play this with me like we're playing this game
3: we played it for like three hours or something I yeah bet. it was long uh,
2: the instructions are a little bit they're a little bit dense so i think that was the problem was that we had to read through that and continue to read through the instructions as we played but i think you ended up on top of that one right <laughs> she's nodding her head
0: when we visited charlie he was like, oh, we haven't played this game. And I looked through the instructions like, we're not playing this This is way too much going on. For
3: me. Now you have to be in the right, the right mindset. And I had um, tequila sunrises. And so I was in the perfect mindset.
2: <laughs> OK, you read that and just tell me what to do exactly. and that, that you won. That is what happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. That happened with Firefly as well, where I kept rereading through the rules, intending to play it with someone else. And then no one would play with me. So I had to sit down. When I was with my family at the beach and say, we're going to play this and this is the time that we're going to play it and you all are going to be happy about it. And it was the same day that (laughs) my uncle made like his very alcoholic punch. He does that one day every year and just like at like two or three o'clock in the afternoon, it comes out and I made everyone play it with me anyway (laughs) with mixed results. It was fun. Like I can tell that it was a fun game, but just wrangling people for it was a hassle in and of itself.
1: We've done the same thing. We've actually have scheduled months in advance with our friends uh, Quinn and Tracy, aka Quasi. I just
0: love that. I do. So much. I really do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, um, we've had to schedule in advance because we knew they had a table big enough to actually support playing of
0: Firefly. Yeah, it then needs a big table.
1: And so we said we are playing this with you. We don't care what you say. But we are going to play with you on this date, and we did. And I think they had a lot of fun playing it. It still took up their entire table. We almost still didn't have enough room to play it.
0: And it's just because there's so many cards that have to be laid out. That's yeah. the reason.
2: Yeah, that's true. And that the instruction book for that just continually distracted me with all the quotes and pictures and stuff. It's a fun instruction book. And I would just get distracted and I wouldn't be able to read the instructions.
0: We didn't read the six page handout I made for you of the instructions? Well, I have that In now, Maltech-
2: which thank you. I think that will be helpful the next time I try to play.
0: With a couple house rules added because the rule book's not a clear in certain situations. Seems reasonable. I don't remember exactly what they are, but
1: But speaking of dense instruction guides, Charlie, when you were visiting, we actually found the workaround for one of the games we played. Was it Dead of Winter?
0: Yeah,
2: that's right. Adam we, was at work. We, <laughs> sat,
1: we sat down to try and read the instructions, we're like, all right, we're gonna figure out how to play this before Adam gets back. And we're like, man, this is intense. So we found a video of a how-to. And Charlie and I sat there for, what, 45 minutes watching this video, yeah. rewinding it, playing it again. Wait, I didn't catch quite what, what that was. Okay, what is this? Okay, here we go. And so then we were ready to play, but neither of us could explain it well enough to Adam when he got home. <laughs> right.
2: <to play. laughs> no, we just saw this on the video.
1: Don't worry, we'll figure it out. Almost made Adam watch it, just because we're like, you need to catch up. That was a good, I thought it was a good tutorial.
0: Right. No, I think Except they
2: did a good job.
1: It just everybody has to watch it because it defeated the purpose
0: yeah it's like the time we tried to learn seven wonders and it turns out that you seven wonders the instruction manual only works if someone has already played seven wonders and had it taught (laughs) to them right no one's played seven wonders before like the manual is like nigh incomprehensible we had to sit down eventually and just open it up and just very slowly go okay what's happening now uh now i pass these cards over (laughs) <laughs> and you take... And then, wait, what can we do with these cards? Uh, and then, yeah, eventually eventually, it made sense Like to the point where it was like, I don't understand why this was difficult.
2: Right. This That's a game you can sit down and play and you know, 10, 15 minutes or something like that for one round when you get enough people who actually understand how to play.
3: Yeah. I've been very fortunate that with most of the elaborate games, I am coming in with somebody who's played it at least once before, maybe they've forgotten, but it's, I very rarely have been in a situation where nobody's played it and, or, and, or read the manual.
2: (laughs) Well, that goes back to the problem that we were talking about where, if you have people over, like it's hard to get them interested in something you don't already know how to play Anyways, you're like, oh, well, I can explain this one. So let's just play that one.
1: It's kind of like the game Arena we played that one time with uh, Tracy and Quinn. Uh,
2: Crossmaster
0: Arena is what it's called. Oh, okay. But yeah.
1: To teach you how to play the game, it took hours.
0: It's kind of like a Warhammer almost, right? There's yeah. like little figures that, that move around a board and have area of effect and stuff, right? So in order to teach you how all the things move, they had you do a whole bunch of mini like tutorials, like set up the board like this. Now move your guy like this. But by the time you got through there, like it's like three hours later, and you're like, I don't really want to play this anymore.
1: <laughs> We've actually created this quasi role now because uh, Quinn and Tracy are they get just as many games as we do
0: probably don't get as many. Okay,
1: they don't get as get many, but they are just as interested in board games as we are.
0: They're, they're not haunting the Barnes and Noble clearance sections and the Amazon half off bins. <laughs> that is true.
1: <laughs> yeah. So when someone gets a new board game, it's now become almost like this rule where if you've gotten the board game, it's your responsibility to read the directions before everybody else comes over so that we're going to play it. And whoever has read the instructions before we come and play that's the game we're going to end up playing because we're not going to sit here and wait for the person that can read the fastest aka adam to read through all of the directions Ugh. that always that seems <laughs> to be the way it
0: was before tell and us how to play this game i don't freaking want to look le- read through the instructions again <laughs> and then of course the someone time- needs to teach me how to play a game
1: so now and by the time he's done everybody else is drunk so they don't want to listen anymore
0: <laughs> yeah that's awesome <laughs> so,
1: yeah, so we've gotten to this point where we haven't even played one of their new games that they bought because we are demanding we're not reading the instructions. They can read it, they can figure it out and once they're ready to play then we'll play it. Cuz I had to do that with Whitechapel. I had to, which is Jack the Ripper versus all the policemen, which is a pretty intense booklet. And I think Charlie you played it yeah, right with yeah. Adam, which I lost on technicality.
0: It's uh it's officially for 6 players. One player plays Jack and everyone else is a policeman, but the more players who you have as police people the worse the game gets because no one can decide on anything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just like the real case.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just like, I don't care. I'm just going to move my token down this street and see what
2: happens. <laughs> yeah, Brand, you got screwed over by a rule that we wor- didn't know existed, right?
1: Yeah, or like you guys knew it existed and I didn't quite interpret it that way. When I realized that I read it wrong, I actually screwed myself over yep. and then just got to the point where... I was like, okay, we've already. I don't want to do this again. We're good. We've been playing this now for two days. Mm-hmm.
2: But the interpretation that we ended up with of the rule made it a lot more interesting of a game. I feel like Adam and I the whole time were like, well, there's no way we're gonna win. Like we're not gonna win. Let's just try to win, but we're not gonna
0: win.
1: But I can't remember. It had something to do with the night that so, so, killed two.
0: So historically, Jack the Ripper kills one woman and then one woman, and then on one of the nights he kills two women or. Two murders happen. I guess I don't know if Jack did both of them. But so the rule, it turned out, was like.
1: You kill one and then the police do an investigation, then the other
0: or something along those lines. Yeah, well, it was something like the Jack can't move from the murder scene on the first move. And you happen right. to murder right next to a policeman. I was like, well, we win. Right. It right. was something yeah. along
1: those lines, which I had read it. I thought I could escape. And in fact, I couldn't. So
2: maybe you'll be in one of those dumb criminal reels or something like that. can't believe this criminal was so stupid committed a murder right next to the police officer
0: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah lots of games what's your favorite now uh
2: right now my favorite is definitely pandemic legacy it's got the same sort of aspects as Risk Legacy, which is so if people aren't familiar with how the legacy sort of games work, they're campaign style games, but they're based on games that already exist. So like Risk Legacy is like Risk, the the base game of Risk, except that as you play different things about the board and about, you know, maybe the faction that you're playing continually change. Like you trigger different things to happen, like maybe a. Certain number of battles happen in a turn or a certain number of characters die in a turn. I don't think that's one of them, but something like that could happen, which triggers like a small box within the game to open up, which gives you new rules and maybe new pieces. So the game's continually evolving.
3: I, I think it's like combining a board game with a choose your own adventure book.
2: Yeah, it kind <laughs> of like is. Yeah.
3: As you play it, like you either, you know, can make certain characters stronger, um, more advantageous to have and other characters more... Um, they have more things counting against them, or starting in different countries. You know, right. it's harder to gain an advantage, and or, yeah, yeah,
2: or like a situation where maybe you lost a game, so yeah. therefore you get an advantage in the next game, or yeah, the, the mechanics are slightly different, so you're changing the rule book. And one of the interesting aspects of it too is that usually you make permanent changes to the board. You're actually itself. like
3: writing on it with you know sharpie. So you get to name course. things. You get to name cities and countries, and it's really fun.
2: What was that, Adam? <laughs>
0: Or post-it notes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> less less permanent. Less permanent.
2: So Pandemic's a game where uh, diseases break out, different types of diseases break out over the world in a risk-style map almost. And you're a team of...
0: It's a risk-style map in that it's a map of the world.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> in that uh, it shows many countries and... Well, and, like and specific
3: connection points between spots. Yes, like, true. Going from yep. country to country. Yeah. yeah.
2: So I wasn't completely wrong. No. Thank you. Uh, but so the disease break out, and you're a team of you know researchers and doctors who are trying to keep the pandemic from spreading. Um, and it turns out it's really interesting when certain things trigger that you don't expect to happen, like new diseases come up or rule changes partway through. But it's also a cooperative game. So that adds another level where Risk still has the competitive aspect to it. So it's not always quite as fun to get together with your friends to do it. Whereas this, you'll feel like you're in it together.
0: Ugh, I gotta hang out with this dick again. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. So
3: we, we play Risk Legacy at you know one particular gathering of uh-huh. friends. And yeah, I, I know I'm going to die. I know I'm going to lose. This is not going to happen. It turns out I'm just not cutthroat enough for Risk. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad, which is just problematic. Yeah. But But um, yeah, no, I still enjoy playing, but I'm just like, okay, how many turns in am I going to die?
2: <laughs> right. Well, at least that version of Risk, uh, at least the point we're at within the game, it's easy to win on one or two turns. To plan about what you're going to do, and then suddenly on one turn, just take enough objectives in order to win. So it's the base game's actually a little bit different than Risk. You don't have to take over the entire world. You just have to get a certain number of victory easy. points or stars. Yeah. But yeah, that's fun. And then you get together with the same group of people, ideally, or just uh, different groups of people who are willing to not be in every game. Yeah. So we're working through that right now. And we're on month.
3: I want to say we're in April. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's set up in each game is a month. And I think in, we're on in, pandemic. Yeah, in, in pandemic. pandemic. Yeah. In pandemic. Yeah.
3: Pandemic I just I don't know, I've really, really enjoyed that. I like collaborative games, collaborative strategy games to begin with, and then yeah, adding the legacy aspect where it's just so exciting, you know. Ooh, ooh, I get to open the pack and we like fight over who gets to open the next thing that changes the changes the board and right. read the rules and yeah. I don't know, you get to add stickers to things. It's you get to name stuff. It's yeah, you fun. get to
2: name your characters.
3: Yeah. And diseases.
2: Oh, and the diseases too. Yes. <laughs>
3: Some of them are mildly offensive now. <laughs>
1: Man, you've got me, we actually got Legacy for uh, Christmas this year, but we haven't had a chance to break it out and play it yet. So now you've got me really itching to want to play it. It's
3: really fun.
2: Yeah, you should set aside a few board game nights to do that with the same group of people.
1: I, I really like the Legacy games, too, if you have
3: a group of friends that are kind of, like, spread out around the country and only get back together every no- once in a while. Because, I don't know, there's just, like, this camaraderie of, like, all right, we played this, like, a year ago. Right. like, And you can look at the board and see where, like, we've named stupid things. And I don't know. I just, I really like that
0: aspect of I it. I guess the one oh. down... Da- Charlie told me that that was a problem because no one knew how to play the game after a while. Uh, well, that, too,
2: because the games actually...
3: It well, changes, yeah, yeah. you're
2: putting the stickers into the rule book so... So the next game that you play a year from now might actually have a role that you haven't already played with. So you have to refresh yourself with that. But as long as That's you're willing so to do bad, it. so bad, though. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not that bad. I
3: mean, the basic tenets of Risk are still there.
2: Right. So yeah, how about you, Adam? What's your what's their hot game of 2017? <laughs> Let me put that in a way that you're willing to answer. <laughs> what's your favorite board game right now, Adam?
0: Uh, I'm still a big Takenoko fan. Oh, I love oh, yeah. that game. It it has the combination of being cute and, like, fun without being frustrating. And the replay is just really high on it. And then Brian actually got me the expansion for it that also just... It's not one of those expansions where you're like, well, this is now way too complicated. So there's a two-player version of Seven Wonders called Seven Wonders Duel.
1: Oh,
3: okay.
0: Which is a lot of fun.
1: It's a lot of fun.
0: But then there's an expansion for it called Pantheon where you start adding on, like, gods and goddesses and you can like buy favors from them to do special stuff and oh, it just wow. got too complicated and you were just like I don't know what's happening anymore I have I have no idea what the strategy to win is like duel I can handle duel plus pantheon I'm like nope
2: that's kind of like seven wonders to begin with actually where it has expansions too and every time you get together with people you're like oh we're going to add another expansion to this and other rules and more pieces it's already complicated enough to begin with you know
0: yeah but the, uh, the Takenoko expansion like Adds a second, a female panda, and so you can do like some additional stuff. But if you choose, for instance, to not really deal with any of the extra stuff, like it doesn't matter. You can still win. That, that's a lot of fun. I'm also really into uh, this game called Takedo, which is actually I think by the same guy. You're you're on a path from Edo to uh, Tokyo, and then you just stop at places along the way and you collect uh, souvenirs and take. Well, I guess you don't take photos because it's set in like the meiji japan period or something but yeah it was a lot of fun what's the name of it again Tokaido, t-o-k-a-i-d-o yeah it's it
2: was really fun when i played it when i was visiting adam and it's it's got a nice aesthetic to it as well which is same with takinoko is fun to look at
3: really really love that game it's just it's silly and fun and i don't know we've added certain stupid things (laughs) when we play like when you you know the panda like eats the bamboo and you like set them aside like you have to make like munching sounds and then when you like turn in your bamboo pieces to get something you have to make like puking sounds he's like hacking it all up to like claim points or whatever i don't know it's dumb but i like it
0: they always did burping sounds instead of puking sounds but yeah
1: (laughs) It's acceptable. I don't know. I don't know.
0: What about you, Brienne?
1: I think Seven Wonders and Seven Wonders Duel are some of my absolute favorites. Duel is just so well-balanced for two people that it's just an awesome game in itself. And it really does help that like, when you really want to play Seven Wonders, because we have kind of were in that mode there for a while. We really want to play Seven Wonders, but we didn't have anyone to play it with. And we went and bought Duel and that definitely stated that like we that's just so much fun to set that up in restaurants or whatnot wherever we play like we'll play in coffee shops restaurants more like in coffee shops so that one's a lot of fun um i'd have to say Waiter,
0: bring me another steak and more room for my game
2: (laughs) (laughs) we need two Um, tables thank you for the two
0: of us (laughs) can we put these tables together (laughs) (laughs) i need space for all the firefly cards
1: (laughs) Um, I also really like Pandemic. I've got all, and what's really sad is I've got all of the expansions ex- I've just never played that we still haven't gotten through them. Because what's frustrating is when you're with a new group of people, you have to basically start with the first game again because the people don't understand how to play. So you can't start adding on things like the bioterrorist and working in the lab until people understand the concept of Pandemic. Oh, then, we're
0: going to have a game night, but I'm bringing my friend along who hasn't played with us before. So we have to start at the bottom again.
1: <laughs> yeah. so that gets So we've played Basic Pandemic a lot which I, is fun it's not it a bad is fun game. i love i do love pandemic and now with all the expansions the the one of them came with petri dishes which just got me all excited because i'm a scientist anyway <laughs> um and then like the little vials actually look like little medicine vials rather than the, just the tokens that they used but i'd have to say so beside the things that you guys have already said another game that i really really enjoy playing is telestrations,
0: Ooh, telestrations. i'm not oh, yeah. playing and, that uh Charlie is about to call you a liar. Apparently. No,
2: no, I'm not about to call her a liar. I'm surprised that she hasn't played it. And she may have played something that's similar.
1: Well, How is it played? Remind me. Yeah. So Telestrations is a combination of telephone and Pictionary. Oh, oh yeah. No, no, and we totally did play this. Okay. <laughs> I just didn't remember the name. I'm sorry. Oh, you're good. I mean, we've played this with a couple of groups, and it's really good when people don't want to play, like, an intense an game. Intense game. Mm-hmm, they just mm-hmm. kind of want to phone it in and just have fun. And we've come up with some of the most hilarious instances where I've been laughing to the point of tears that the game has just made some very awesome moments. So that was one game I'd have to say if I'm going for like a party game, I think Telestrations is my favorite party game.
3: Yeah, it can be fun, especially if you have a good group of people who are like not particularly self-conscious you know, they're just willing to, like, put something ridiculous out there.
2: Right, yeah. Just kind of draw right. something quickly and don't think too hard Yeah, don't think it.
3: too hard about it or interpret something exactly as your first take was. Like, don't try to, you know, be like, oh, well, what did they probably want this to be? Just, like, like be silly and I, embrace it.
2: I really enjoy playing with Kara, but one of the downsides to that is she's actually a decent artist. She's a really good artist. So it's not hard for her to draw almost anything.
3: Yeah, that damn koala <laughs> the last time we played, because now that I remember, that koala was, like, Everybody else's were like, what is that thing on a tree? And like hers was like, oh, that's adorable. Look at that cute koala.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so she has to take, I think maybe in the future, we'll have her take more of a Adam Gobeski tack to that game where weren't you just drawing really strange things like the most obscure way you could find to draw something you would draw it that way instead of the obvious way.
0: Yeah, because we did too many things with cars, So it's probably part of it, right? Where it's just like, I had a donkey and you drew a donkey. And the person guessed donkey. And the next person drew a donkey. And the person <laughs> came up with donkey. Hooray. So I was like, I'm going to like do this really weird, like uh, a bell ringing plus a key to make a dong key.
1: <laughs> that can go a lot of ways. Yes. <laughs> the game is also really fun to play with. You literally have like five seconds. You do speed rounds. Oh,
0: yeah, the speed round is And very... you
1: force yourself, to just go fast. And if it doesn't allow you to be like, to have those um, very elaborate explain- or you know drawings and whatnot, and you just write whatever comes to mind, and those tend to be really funny.
0: Go! 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 go. Ah.
1: <laughs> Charlie, what was the name of the game that
3: we played uh, at a couple Carl Cons ago that was, I think, by the makers of Cards Against Humanity, that was uh, the job interview?
2: Game? Oh, yeah, I have no idea what that one was called, but it was, yeah, there's a particular job that you're interviewing for and what was your hand like qualifications or something? You had, yeah, there, you had something. cards
3: that had yeah. um, like skills or, or um, traits that would potentially be favorable for different jobs. So some of them, a lot of the words were things you'd find in anybody's like Resume or whatever, you know, like thoughtful, like strong typist. I don't know, mm-hmm. organized, efficient, right. you know, whatever. But then there were things in there that were like would only be <laughs> appropriate for very, very, very specific jobs. Like, let's say you're going to be a porn star,
0: and it would have like
3: <laughs> something that would be like that. So, um, the game is a combination where one person at the table is conducting the interview, and the everybody else is applying, and you have cards, and you're trying to quickly gather. You, I think, you can have four or something like that, uh, cards at the end, so you can trade cards from. From these like common ones on the table to try to get four cards together that would be most appropriate for interviewing for this particular type of job and playing to the person like who's doing the interview like what are they gonna find funny or what are they gonna find appropriate um and so yeah it's kind of a it's timed and then and then yeah the best thing but that was a lot of fun i really enjoyed yeah that,
2: that was a little bit more fun than i expected it to be too i was mm-hmm. like oh this is gonna be like apples to apples except more yeah. specific but it wound up being pretty good yeah i think cards against humanity I don't know where I saw this. Just came out with a Mass Effect expansion. What? Yeah, which I thought was kind of strange. Like, I'm not sure that I would get much out of that. As Adam knows, I uh, didn't quite finish that game, but...
0: Barely started it, you jerk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got to the first town. I started talking to some people. and I was like, I can talk to people in real life. Why do I want to do that in a video game? <laughs> Except, like, every video game ever that I've played, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Like... I've got you're no explanation, Adam. Yeah, I think that's probably it. It's probably just some j- a gigantic jerk.
0: You're a, you're a monster. <laughs> you, like, a, you went to Wisconsin and you were like, I don't like the things Adam likes anymore.
3: Yeah, that's ah. I, I'll, I'll take part of the blame for that. <laughs> I ruined him for you.
2: She's like, I don't want to be friends with you if you like Mass Effect. The rest of the video games are fine.
0: That one specifically. <laughs> well, and beautiful Katamari. Oh, yeah. Like, every once in a while, I, I'm about to pick that up. Yeah, exactly. One time he told me, I promise I'll play it this week. And then he didn't. Are you sure Aww. I didn't? Yes, because I looked at your profile. Oh. I stalked you.
3: It's called Fun, Fun Employed. I know I know. Fun it's been employed. like two minutes since we got off that topic, but it's called Fun Employed.
2: <laughs> that would not be the first time in this podcast that somebody interjected something from... Uh... Several minutes before. It always works out.
0: Corrections to the podcast.
2: <laughs> I like how we do our corrections to the podcast within the same episode. Always. <laughs> Never
0: after the fact. Fact checking.
3: I've seen some of the most recent uh, expansion packs for Cards Against Humanity. Like obviously, They've gotten really, really tailored now where they're like little skinny little packs that are only like 10, 20 cards, mm. something like that. Um, so they can get really narrow in field. But there's some interesting ones where they're doing um, ones that are only pictures or like words like Hmm. in pictures and things like that just uh what might not be fun to play with all the time but if you like shuffle them into the deck or whatever so every now and again you get some of these it'd kind of be fun
2: did we ever end up using any of the custom ones where you have to fill out what it is you wanted to put on there
3: Uh, i think once or twice not really i am aware of the fact that um so you know they came out with the uh Bigger, blacker box to house all your expansion packs, mm-hmm. and now there's another one that's like bigger than that. It's just massive, whatever, to hold all of the cards. And with that one, um, with both of them, you know, you get like a secret card that's like in taped into the lid. But the next largest one, whatever that is called, um, also comes with a card that is only in your game. Like it is the only copy of that one. It's not made for any other packs, neither whatever. You have a one of a kind card whatever that's kind of part of your part of your yeah, deck. that's
2: interesting does it m- tell you which one that is yeah oh okay. yeah
3: like it singles it out and so you know which one it is kind of but... be
2: like algorithmically determined right <laughs> you yeah. can't have somebody sitting and making all of these unique cards i
3: don't know it's kind of dumb it but it's i mean it could be totally gimmicky they could probably hand it out to like 50 people and just bank on the fact that those 50 people will never meet each other but <laughs> it sounds like, like something a like, Cards against humanity team would do special card <laughs>
2: right to say they're all unique and there's only like two or three versions of it wait a second (laughs) liars didn't they do something like that too like there was maybe it was like an april fool sale or something where they like like it was written very specific i'll have to look that up because i don't want to tell that is this about
0: the job application
2: no what's that
0: oh they uh posted on craigslist like uh they were they were looking for someone to run their some department or other and the job specifications were things like uh, must have been president for eight years, must be the first African-American elected to president of the United States. <laughs> like that. where That's it was, awesome. Where the only applicant would be Barack Obama, like would be the only one that could meet the uh, the job requirements.
3: That would be, that'd be great.
2: Oh, so um, they had a Black Friday sale where it said online that you had to pay $5 to buy nothing. And they would literally not send you anything. And a bunch of people <laughs> bought it because they thought they were joking and they would send something. And they didn't. It was very clear that you were buying absolutely nothing. And I guess they made $71,145.
3: Holy crap. People oh, are stupid.
0: Um... <laughs> Weren't they giving it to charity or something? I oh, think? I'm sure they, I hope they did.
3: You're, you're sure, huh? So let me scroll to the bottom I'm sure they, I I'm hope sure. they did.
0: Yeah, it looks like they did donate it. I sure hope they did. <laughs> well that probably wraps it up for this edition of the gobeski wallace report i uh i was adam gobeski
2: and i'm charlie wallace special thanks to our guests uh, jessica Clares and brianne gobeski
0: thanks for stopping by thank you
1: thanks for having me yeah thanks no problem for stopping by.
2: yeah i keep saying that and that's what i i was watching anchorman the other day and like that's what veronica cordingstone says <laughs> as her sign-off right thanks the sort of foil by. sign-off to ron burgundy's you stay classy, San Diego. I was like, thanks for stopping by. And I'm like, oh, I need to come up with something better. But it's like, I keep saying it every time. No. Well, yes. Bye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Trying to have a clear stopping point for you.
2: Oh, well, yeah, no. We don't ever need to. We never have a clear stopping point. I just stop it where it stops.
0: Thanks for listening. You can check out some of our other stuff at our website, www.gobeskywallsreport.com.
2: And don't forget to look us up on Twitter, at GWReport.
0: Or you can find us on Facebook, just like the Gobesky Wallace Report, yo.
2: Or if you find us on the street, just uh, feel free to say hi and tell us how much you love us, and ask if you can be a guest on the podcast, and stay at our house. You can stay at Charlie's house. Now, my microphone was going in. Hers was not. And also, you wouldn't have been able to hear any sound clips. So there we go. What? You would not have been able to hear any sound clips later for the uh, other podcast.
0: Oh, I was going to say, you have a, what, like, Catan sound clips? <laughs> open, <really>? Exactly. <laughs> Do
1: you
3: have wood for sheep?
2: I have clips from the episode of The Big Bang Theory where they talk about Catan.
0: Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I'm leaving this podcast if that happens. <laughs> Hey, Charlie,
3: when you're at a party or hanging out with friends, I feel like there are certain pop culture movie references that should always be safe to make. Like, 1.21 gigawatts.
2: That's easy, Jessica, back to the future. What if I told you I haven't seen Evil Dead 2 yet?
3: I'd think that you're a cinematic idiot, and I'd feel sorry for you. High fidelity. But every now and again, you'll use a reference like that, and someone will just stare at you blankly.
2: Well, that's why we started our podcast, Cinematic Respect. Every episode, we bring in one of those cultureless buffoons and make them watch something they've, for some reason, never seen. Like when we brought in our front alley to watch Dead Poets Society.
3: Based on the title, I'm thinking a bunch of historical
0: poets. All the inside (laughs) jokes they might have.
2: So they would have called themselves the Poets Society. And
0: then later been dubbed the Dead Poets Society. Yeah, yeah, this was a historical (laughs) film.
3: (laughs) Or when we had Adam watch War Games.
0: The military doesn't allow you to use the restroom if you're one of the people on the key. Oh really? No, I oh. just made that up. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you said it was such authority. I was like, oh alright.
0: Came up with that to sleep tonight yeah. after watching the movie. So
2: if you're fed up with this phenomenon or you don't want to be the clueless imbecile of the party, tune into cinematic respect.
3: Everyone will respect you more for it.
2: A few good men?
3: No, Charlie, that's not what I'm trying to do here.
2: A few good men too.
3: That's not even a thing.